but it's more so like not getting caught up in all of this like in, in our heads and all this drama that's going on in our lives like we have this peace peace inside of us that we, we always have access to and that we can carry around with us and I don't know like yeah you in one of Xavier's songs he says like you know when when the world gets too crazy just go go stand under under the stars and under the moon and like down by the river and like realize not how insignificant you are but just yeah like your life can be taken in an instant and like feel the the sun on your face and the wind hitting you and what it feels like to have the um yeah your feet touching the earth and i don't know like we just get we're just getting caught up on the stupidest shit that was jace corliss this is Duggett the podcast This is your time, your time and space. There's no dream too big for you to chase. This is your moment. Buongiorno, ooh la la. I love that little intro by Jay Boogie, aka Jace Corliss, back from. Overseas travel Fresh with the truth bombs And uh, He is with us And also Raj Bungie Lemons Raj Joshi Two of the Organic Mechanic guys Jason Raj um, For episode 24 of Dug It The Podcast And uh, we sit down and talk about That very thing Connection uh, Starting with food and then working on to all kinds of other areas. And um, it's kind of coming off the back of a, a, a chat I listened to of Daniel Vitalis talking about why he's not vegan and how we've lost the connection to the circle of life and to killing and gathering things from plants to animals to harvesting, you know, foraging all kinds of foods. And it's a real recent development, this kind of um, vegan ideology. But the, the idea of being mainly plant-based, I think, is wonderful. That's something we're kind of all do around here particularly the Om house, I don't know if I've seen any meat in the house for a long time but I still have to kind of fish and gather certain things and now and again just feeling that I do need um, personally uh, particularly kind of some seafood or uh, I'm not really not into dairy but occasionally have some cheese or animal product um, and particularly game meats as well there's all kinds of nutrients I remember when Ben Warren talked about getting all this nutrients from the offal and from these uh, organs and game animals and how wonderful it was for you and then also talk, listening to Tom Myers and talk about collagen and, and fascial tissue which we talk a lot about in yin yoga and how that needs uh, the nutrients from Bones, particularly things like bone broths, and how you'd cook the whole animal down, but kind of not really getting too much into that. More just about the connection to life and food and nature, and having good times with friends and, and tribal gatherings, and try to find bring back that element too. As Michael Pollan talks about, um, food isn't kind of one-dimensional. There's the there's the preparing, the gathering around it, the social interaction, the taking the time to 
uh, get out of your day, whatever that might be doing, get off the phone to sit down and uh, enjoy a meal with someone. And, and we've been doing that a lot at the Om House, which is nice, and sharing some of those tribal things. Of uh, We did a cacao ceremony the other night with Lucy. Did a couple of those in Bali too. And uh, and they've been singing songs and doing alms and all kinds of stuff. So it's really nice to, to find excuses to gather around and bring some of that kind of tribal element, which we all need in our lives, I believe. We're kind of... Uh, we are kind of uh, tribal societies or tribal people. And uh, and just going back to Bali, that's kind of why there's been a bit of a delay on the podcast lately. Had an amazing time over there practicing at the practice, which was well, what a studio and surfing, eating wonderful food. And and um, and then just been full on since I've been back teaching. But um, off to Tony Robbins to unleash the power within. He's got this new documentary, Unleash. Uh, no, I'm not your guru. Worth checking out, lots of things I love. He does uh, the kind of the priming in the mornings, the cold water therapy in particular is one I've just been doing for a long time before I even saw he was doing it. Um, and so looking forward to just kind of going in there with open eyes because it's a bit shocking, but I like to be shocked and out of the comfort zone. That's kind of uh, one of the philosophies of the podcast of what I want to do is to think about it less, experience it more, and then... Uh, and then go from there. So I'm pretty excited about it. And I'm excited about this chat too. It's nice just to get get another podcast out the door with uh, with two heroes, two legends, and um, and share their kind of insights into you know their philosophies on connection and and life and a few other political food, other ideas, a few jokes in there too, because if you're not having a laugh, you're not doing it right. It says, <laughs> I think I'm going to come from that place of lightness, love. And f- from that place, I'll, I'll leave it there. Enjoy the podcast. Hope you dug it. Best feedback is to share it. Share it with uh, whoever. Um, yeah, the more you put out there, the more you get back. Sharing is caring, and it helps my ratings, which is cool too. And uh, say hi if you see me around. Any feedback, any questions, let me know. And we've got Franco Hickey. Speaking of song and music and gatherings, this guy is a tribal leader with the Keratan and with just being a, a dude. Um, so we've got, I grabbed one of his songs, Courage, Kiyomaya, uh off SoundCloud. You can listen to his stuff there. It's super fantastic. Double superlative for Franco. And, um, and so we'll have that. That's, that's what you got playing in the intro and the outro. Cool. Enjoy. Gather more. Experience more. Love more. Hope you dug it. Enjoy. Bon appetito. Your time and space is no dream to be for you to change. This is your moment to let go of fear, to create the room. I'm feeling it too, so we're, we're down by the fire at the Om headquarters. And have you had a bottle of red wine? Oh, listen. <laughs> Wishing we had wine. Talking about uh, the. The loftiness of veganism, because have we all been vegan? Yeah, I've been a vegan. Rush? Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess so. Like, I've had periods where I've, I haven't really eaten anything. Well, when you were just eating beans, though, that was just... <laughs> I think that's a good idea actually to spend the time eating beans and rice but that's a different conversation for another time another t- that's around the, the nacho bowl <laughs> um but we were what were we saying it was like cause um like you were saying we'd the foods that all imported these kind of chia seed, exotic superfoods are all imported from around the world, and and they're really, oh, I think that intellectual point so is is a good one, Raj. It's all kind of advertised wellness, um, and and it doesn't doesn't resonate on a soul level. We we're talking about before. If, if you went to the wild, you'd just live off what was available yeah. and it would be so whole and you'd be connected to it. And I, I listened to this Daniel Vitalis podcast on veganism and it just kind of blew me away because I'd been a staunch supporter and kind of dabbled in and out. I just felt we're lucky because we're in New Zealand, but I think it's uh, for four million years we've lived off the land, been connected to everything for good for bad that's been our, our diet and the circle of life and now we've in western affluent cultures where we, we've we got this huge leap from not, not killing or being connected to the land or seeing anything, the process of any food to then seeing industrial agriculture and then the leap between the two being too great so we take the other side at and when you're, if you're on that much of an extreme, you're always one-sided, and I was. I was, like, such a preacher, you know. And that, my view will change again, but I think uh, heading in the right direction, more well-rounded, maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just on, the, like, a... What do you call this one? A monologue. A rant. A rant. I think... I, <laughs> and now we've got the fire circle, and this just... This is the truth, social interaction. I, I thought about it just in those moments as we've been talking. Um, coming from the organic mechanic too, like, I don't want to knock anyone like that's like vegan or vegetarian because when I think about a lot of vegans are, are vegans more so because of the ethical stance of disagreeing with factory farming and, uh, yeah, like a, a lot of my friends that are vegans that, it's not so much because of the health thing, it's because, yeah, their the disagreement with, with our modern agriculture and factory farming and, and getting sick on the, these diets that, uh, that the media kind of portray as the, the way to health, you know, and yeah, the, the dairy industry and things like that. Um, and so, on, I, I guess for my journey, I just think that, like right now, we're sitting around the fire. Like, I had a, a home-cooked pumpkin pumpkin and kumrat soup made with love. Um, and in terms of our health, that, yeah, we need to look much broader and connect, as, as you're saying, that connect back to nature. I think that's such a good point, though, about the 
because I got into it because you care. Like, and all those people who are into it, they're the ones that re- they really care. They're not the ignorant ones. They're, um, but you care so much. I think it's easy to get a little bit blinded and and uh, I just kind of see myself and everyone. I'm like, everyone's on like all these people are on the right path. They're trying to do the right thing, and we're probably the the same and. Um, but just giving that connection back and spending, I um, mean, how good is it just to have an open fire? Like nothing compares to an open fire. No. Nothing compares to song and hanging out with friends around uh, around food and fire and outdoors. You can understand why, um, like people want to go vegan, like what you were saying about like the ethical side of things because just like the way we get our meat and our animal products is just like probably the worst way to do it and just like lacking any connection to what it's all about so when you are aware of all of that it's you can see why you'd want to make the choice to not be a part of that but for me like I I just I'm not fully resonating with I've th- I've like dabbled in it I've been um, I've had periods where I've just been like it's vegan or eating that kind of lifestyle or eating that diet but um, there's something that just resonates with the, on a deeper level and the vegan uh, diet is more like intellectual about you know is it right or wrong is it moral but when I listen to my body sometimes it'll be like oh you should have some eggs or eat some meat and I've been in that conflicting situation a few times Listen, their feeling is a deeper feeling of the body. I mean, the confusing part with me is coming from yoga background, reading all these spiritual texts, and it's all ahimsa and non-violence. And, and, but the, the point Daniel Vitalis made, I think, which was a good one, was that, that for, four, like for four million years, everyone's eaten insects, or even all these apes and things we think animals we think of vegan or what they're eating insects and the ones that like cows that aren't they've got certain bacteria which process parts of the food and then they get eaten and so they have their own system but we've always had some kind of animal product in our diet and um and even these spiritual people have been eating butter and milk and um getting their animal pr- products through that way and these few people who are quite idealistic who may be like renunciants or they're quite the highest ideals which no one can kind of live up to unless you know a few people in like history and there's no one who's done it for like he would like Daniel Vitalis would say for, for generations or for extended periods of time because um, otherwise you have to get shots, like B vitamin shots or 
take supplements and then it's just not our natural diet, which I think is quite a it's a valid point. If we it might take us tens of thousands, of hundreds of thousands of years, maybe I don't know what the evolutionary process is till we were would produce everything ourselves from that diet. So it's obviously not genetically what we're gifted. Um I don't know if there's a rule for everyone, like maybe just being vegetarian is a great option or maybe just, like say if you had eggs or, um, and just connect it to the food or is it just, you have to harvest all your own food or start to have close, especially seafood in New Zealand, I feel so, like to go get, not that I've really done it, but power, but even getting fish, it's such a natural thing like white bait and you just it's such a fun shellfish, yeah. shellfish you're just you're like eating lower down the food chain insects and shellfish and eggs and these these things uh seem like just part of life the circle of life i guess i guess there's a few things i want to say one is like when i was a vegan one of the things that i saw as a worry was like and all of us in the house, like we were just smashing peanut butter. And oh, and for for people at home, Jason's wearing a what's the kale shit say? Oh, uh, uh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, kale, yeah. yeah. I... This, this is a G Parker. This is a G Parker classic. This is Team Kale. I love that shirt though. Team Kale. Um, I'm uh, still pro plant power. Yeah, green like greens are fucking dope, and um, that's a shirt. <laughs> Greens are fucking dope. That's a pun too. Funny as shit. <laughs> shit, I didn't even get that pun. It was a bit slow tonight. My my focus uh, has been on healing, and that is what we have been exploring in the organic mechanic over the past few years. Is like how to find wholeness on many levels, how to find peace within yourself, how to be the best you can be, and all that sort of stuff. And like when you're talking about like for me, a big part of it is slowing down and, um, you know, say like planting, planting your garden out and, and being able to go into your garden and, and get your greens or, or pick your lemon off in the morning. From that concept to, uh, you know, making the food together a couple of times a week, you know, we try to have as many community sort of meals as we can here. Um, and I, I bring this back to the vegan sort of and vegetarian and and like what we're eating because I don't know I just see a lot of stress um, you know stress is the number one kind of kind of killer in our society and often with um, this whole food dilemma we, like I know for me it can just create a lot of stress when you're having to be in this yeah, internal debate with like your body when your body you know for a male I know that for me it's like if you're working out a lot or you know, if, if it, you know, even for our sexual expression, you know, you need to have a certain amount of protein. And um, for me, I was kind of struggling a little bit on the, on the vegan diet. So I'm all for, um, yeah, free range and like wild food and for animals getting a fair life and more so just paying respect to any, any um, food, whether it be plant or, or animal Obviously, animals, I guess, are more movement-based or something. They seem a bit more alive, but just paying more respect, having more connection to the food that we have and, and slowing down a little bit and, and sharing it together in families and in communities as 
is more important for our healing and, and bringing back, yeah, society and, uh, yeah, sharing these discussions, um, I think are really positive. That's good. I was just thinking when you talk about the peanut butter, like for dessert, burger feel tonight, and then for dessert I made a cacao blueberry banana date cashew milk kind of milkshake. Oof. Have you had that already? Yeah, I just had it before. Ah. <laughs> there's, well, more up, there's more up there. Sorry, oh, bud. Um, but when in, when in nature would you find that? Yeah. Like when would, for dessert, would you have exotic fruits, cacao powder, hemp powder, blueberries, cashew milk? Please. And that's like, I was just thinking how healthy I was, and I'm like, that's probably, I mean, it's definitely not bad, but I don't know if it's that connected. Like, that kumara up there looks like something I would have probably been more natural to have eaten. Yeah, well, I guess as well, when I think about it, like, there's no way that, like, like I've just been in Asia and um, as well listened to talks by the Dalai Lama and not in person, but I actually read his book and he was saying that he tried to be vegetarian and it just didn't suit their... Like, they got jaundice. But that's aside from the point. What I was going to say is, like, in New Zealand, like, right now we kind of, we, you know, we're shopping sometimes at Harvest and Huckleberries. We're kind of in, like, the, I guess, the 5%, not necessarily income range, but we spend a lot of money on food. And for the majority of New Zealanders, like... People don't have the money to, you know, all those things that we labeled before. Like, it's pretty, it can be expensive to go and buy cacao powder and hemp powder. And that's, that's, I just thought about that. I've thought about it before, but not in the same light. That we, even poor people who are health conscious, just spend the majority of their money on food. And it's things like quinoa and raw cacao and, I don't know. Exotic, often quite exotic things. Yeah, exotic superfish from and it, in the world. Yeah, and um, and then the people who don't have the money, who aren't into food, spend it on like white bread and c- coke and it just rubbish. KFC, whatever. And so it's such a strange uh, contrast. When the cheapest, probably best food is the same for everyone, it's it would be what's in season at the moment are the nightshades, the yeah. winter, all the tomatoes, the potatoes, the kumras, the pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin soup. Um, what are local herbs? I don't even. This is bizarre. I should know what herbs are in season. Shouldn't shouldn't we? Parsley. Oh right. A, it's a pretty hard. Um, like, it's a big dilemma right, trying to figure out, like, a way where we can feed everyone, like, the healthiest food that's, you know, doesn't kind of take on any cruelty and is good for the environment. It's a lot of, it's a lot that we're all trying to do, you know, and I don't know, I think we are base our diets on, on, on many different like ideas and and beliefs. 
and maybe in doing so we we're not connected to other areas or other factors. The fact that we're even talking about diet is bizarre. It shouldn't. It should almost not even be a thing. It should just be. There's just too much choice and trading, and it should just yeah. be we eat what what's around. And out of ninety nine percent of us get our food, we'll go buy it from a supermarket or a you know organic shop or like maybe even the farmers markets. But we're not really connected to to our food beyond that. You know, we don't know. We don't really even know where our vegetables come from. We don't really know shit <laughs> about it, you know? <laughs> that is the truth. I feel like the biggest hypocrite around in, but in so many aspects. But everyone's best, you know? Like, yeah. everyone's got good intentions. No one's... Like, everyone's doing it for good, good reasons. It's just... Um, I guess trying to, I don't know, maybe it's not meant to be all one way for everyone. Maybe it works differently for some and differently for others. Man, we're at the tipping point. I feel like we're maybe at the, well, I'm at the tipping point. Tipping. I, f- I feel like for me, it's like a, quite, like, a, I know my life I feel is quite simple with food now. And I, I um, for one, yeah, I, 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 I try and pay a lot of respect to, Especially any animal that that um, I end up eating on my plate, but more so that I just eat like a I try and eat a whole food based diet and yeah, as you say, like if you can eat local and season and go to your markets and get a whole lot of veggies and and do your best to you know if, if you've got the money to to um, yeah support free range and and wild sort of things and. And and give animals a fair life. We just saw that the labor labor and green have just put a a, a bill together banning um, cage farms, and and that that would be incredible to see, and sh- and definitely should go through. You know, it's almost like it's a good test of our government's humanity to see if how much they care about um, you know other uh, having animals living in living their lives in cages, which I think. Across the whole board, everyone's against, but, you know, yeah, you let money come into the system. And I think what we were saying before is, like, this system has only been around for the last few thousand years of, you know, where, um, you know, before the Industrial Revolution, we were having to to farm ourselves and we were self-sufficient, you know, especially in New Zealand, we were living off the land and our grandparents, you know, had more land than we have now and had all the fruit trees and you know every day you'd be eating majority of uh of products you wouldn't be eating meat like three times a day like if you talk to your grandparents they'd be like chicken was a treat mm. yeah. i think mostly at, at night time like i remember my grandparents well my mom kind of talks about that kind of classic sort of kiwi thing but on that note it's kind of like there's the other side of things that if you are like you know, we import bananas from across the world and essentially, and, and seeds and nuts. And and that is like a huge amount of oil that's being burnt as well, you know, sending these huge tanks, tankards across the ocean. And I think as a country, we have to come back to self-sufficiency and slowing down again. Yeah, you know, like, for me, it's like, 
for me, as I look at, at how I build my own sort of, um, you know, buying land and is like, you know, trying to look at ways that I can generate my own electricity and, and capture rainwater and, and hold it in the ground so that you can grow bigger trees and, and so that I'm not having to rely on a whole lot of, you know, the government to supply my electricity and to sort my sewage systems out and my water systems and to get to a point where you, you have more freedom because you, you take, yeah you, un, yeah, you have more self-sufficiency. I think that is key that we, um, as a country, come back to importing less and, and producing more. And then, yeah, because I'm just kind of thinking, like, a typical family of three with, like, with young kids don't have the money to, to go out and buy, like, sort of quinoa and fancy foods often, like, unless they're in a high income. And and are getting caught in that trap of going out and, and getting sort of the, the white bread and the, the coke often. And it's just a re-education around, yeah, come, returning back to the land a bit more and, yeah, the, the likes of community gardens and... Because as well, like, all of that stuff gives so much value for our health to get your hands in soil. Yeah, soil is... Well, the quality soil, the loot, they were looting that topsoil, which takes yeah. hundreds of years to create, like, good topsoil. And it's just, like, industrial... Industrial anything. This isn't just... Yeah. This is, like, almonds. This is... You can just, just take all the nutrients out of the land and the, there's no diversification of nutrients going back in there. Um, the soil's amazing. I remember that Ben Warren talk. If it's not in the soil, you don't get in the food. Yeah, what the food eats. But I, I guess essentially what I'm saying is like the very food, like we kind of forget the food that we're putting into our bodies is like the building blocks for the cells, you know, and like that will make up our, our body. And we are just like a floating mass of atoms and, you know, 70, 70% water, 74% water, something like that. And that's why I, for me, am going back to a more indigenous, like I love like the Native Americans and the Maori and the, just like, like, and like having the fire circles and getting together with friends and like putting love back into the food. Like the biggest thing for me that I feel with Om is just like making a smoothie and, you know, like lighting up all of those little atoms in that drink with like love and energy because we all know that's something that we need. You know, even, like, I'm going to talk about something a little bit... Like, trees. Trees give us our oxygen that, like, that we need to survive, like... And we give them no respect and we cut them down. And I was just in the Coromandel and between, like, the 1870s and 1920, they cut down 99% of the cowrie forest. These huge trees. Like, thousand-year-old trees. And... Yeah, like, we're just destroying the very thing that... Is just like this beautiful earth that just has like so many things to discover and see and we just kind of get lost in these systems and we're getting like like on these little rat wheels like trying to get bigger houses and better cars and just like consuming the earth's resources and no one's really happy doing it and just lost <laughs> no one's happy doing it so oh, so true but it's just those small things that make you happy, you know, just like the family dinners, like getting together with friends. But everyone's so busy a lot of the time. Like I talk to people and say, ah, I'm just too busy. 
this, I mean, having my feet by the fire here is, this is a bit of a highlight of the week. How do you get the fire going? Because we've got the the fire in the house here, but the wood's been a bit damp that we ordered. So what was the secret tonight? The secret tonight was some kindling that we got yeah. from Nola's Orchard. Um, just a little, like, I don't know if it's going to make it onto air. Maybe it'll make it onto the news or worldwide news, but Nola's Orchard has some pretty good kindling. <laughs> um that seems to do the trick. And that kindling... <laughs> yeah, Nola's That kindling was enough just to kick off the rest of the wood, all right? Yeah, yeah. And then, you, yeah, it's just getting, like, a, a decent amount going. I really wanted to have an outdoor fire. We've also got the outdoor fire. Um, Shit, though. How difficult would it be to start a fire in winter and outdoors. outdoors, then? Well, it's just getting, like, dry wood. If you can get, like... Dry wood is just the key. And just starting small, starting real small. How, how, that would be a good test. Just drop everyone off into the forest in the middle of winter. And do mushrooms. Yeah. First, first <laughs> fire will flip. Yeah, first one to start a fire wins. No tools. Yeah. How would you get on? Not even that. I mean, I, I kind of run runs round to the back to like if you are put back into the wild and you and all of a sudden you know like we have an oil crisis and you know we're not sending tankards of like bananas across the world anymore, like what and and we're back into the wild like what are we gonna eat you know what do we go back to? And, and people will be thinking, just as I have, that you say something like that that there's an oil crisis and you you think oh yeah it's a theory. That's a possible one. Totally. You don't like automatically. I discount it. I'm like, why am I discounting that? That's is everything is finite. Well, energy is probably the only thing that isn't. But all these things we just take for granted um, that could be lost in an instant. If you read that book, the shortest. What's the Bill Bryson one? The short history of nearly everything. Like a media could hit, wipe out. Like, we, we, we think we're so secure. Yeah. Uh, I think we're so secure. Like, this is my house. i got this car. Like, the roads are going to be there tomorrow. Even if there's a natural disaster, the government's going to have a system in place to look after us. And we're lucky to, like, have been, you know, spent the majority of our life in peacetime, you know, especially being in New Zealand. Like, even that, you look back at history and there's always just <laughs> shit constantly happening. It's, it's crazy, man, this, this existence. I mean, it's the best. I mean, we were the luckiest since the beginning of time, obviously. Like, to even yeah. talk like this, I'm freaking holding an iPhone that's recording all of this. And, and that and we have access to, like, flying all across the world to, like... You know, it's the first time in the history we've just had all of the knowledge of, you know, all of the ages that it seems, like, at our fingertips and we can fly anywhere in the world. Is it the internet or is it the flying... Is it the travel that because the, the internet's it's like flying without flying, but then it's yeah. not quite the same. No, 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 it's not. It's not the same. I, I guess I'm just sort of looking at like, you know, in terms of like even the spiritual teachings, we now have access to like all of it, but it's just such an information overload, and there's all these people that will stand up and be like, listen to me, and then the biggest problem is as soon as you get money into it, you really begin to lose. I don't know money and business. Are, are, are incredible tools and but uh, yeah like 
it's a shame because you know in university one of my biggest things was was sustainability and looking at the future of the planet and and you just start to look at all of like the resources and the, our environment and how long like how we're just burning it all up and it's almost like we have to be gearing for um like just like a paradigm shift where we're where we're just more efficient and and we're, whereas like we're looking at more like the world's just kind of going on this like uh, you've heard the story of Easter Island and the civilization that lived on Easter Island and how they were like a really intelligent race but then and they had the, the whole island was covered in, covered in trees but they just cut down like every tree on the island to the very last tree and they and then they just kind of like became extinct because they just like didn't have I guess access to to sail anywhere anymore, and they'd just consumed all their resources, and like they all kind of saw it happening, but no one was just like, "Yo, what are we doing?" <laughs> is that is that true? Because that Easter Island's with the huge yeah, the stone huge, monuments, and I yeah. heard there was two tribes that used to fight there or something. Yeah, I haven't looked into the full history, but that they went extinct from resource uh, yeah, like lack I, of resource. This the tree thing is like a, quite a common story that. Is portrayed and for me it kind of links back into you know even like the role of men and women on this planet and how we don't have a lot of you know male leaders that are that, that are really standing up for what is right and and I think it kind of rolls back into our disconnection from nature and um, and even from like creation because you know that goes back to Raj too of like the leaders we do have are often just intellectual ones. Yeah. And it's at an intellectual level, which is which has been proven now. It's like there's You it's, can feel you can feel when um there's someone who's got like the presence that just has that natural leader. Like I've been watching a bit about Muhammad Ali since he passed and just he just held himself in a way where you could follow him. But where in the politic like the game of politics do you see someone like that? Well, I thought Obama. I thought Obama. I was listening to Malcolm Gladwell today say that. Oh, the the restraint Obama has as a person to not make a rash decision, like, yeah. um, was quite, like people get really frustrated with it, and that he would. I can't remember. He used one war example. I think of sending. Maybe it was after nine eleven or something where Obama just sat on something for a while. But I mean, obviously, it's quite complicated with the government and everything. But just as a, the way Malcolm Gladwell described it was that he would just sit and contemplate things for a while and not just jump to this intellectual thing. He's like, there's more at play here than, and you have to feel it and see what the thing is, and to retaliate is just kind of the, that's like the monkey's choice, the lowest. It's but. yeah, it's a it's a funny one, eh? Because like um, just the the magnitude of that system and all the all the different little moving parts of it made that even the president. I was listening to this podcast about like I think it was a freakonomics one about how much the president even matters, and in terms of like the power, it's kind of greatly. Uh, greatly overestimated by the public of how much power the president has but what the president should be 
the best way to make use of their role is to to demonstrate um, the qualities of like you know what it is to be good and you know what what to take a stand for and I don't know maybe Obama was a bit like that but you just don't really see that eh like I don't see any there's no like New Zealand politicians around that I know where I'm like oh I'd sort of I'd follow that person or apparently this Maori I think one of the Maori or Green MPs walked out of a conversation with one of the tobacco guys the other day because he was going to sue New Zealand if they changed the packaging and I I think she just walked out of the conversation in a way that I haven't seen it, so I'm just kind of hypothetically kind of building a scenario here. But <laughs> uh, she, it, it sounded like that she just had too much kind of respect for herself to even try and argue that and, yeah. and to give this guy the time of day when he knew he was probably in the wrong. Obviously, he does. Um, Maybe he doesn't. But it's the TPPA, you know, like... I mean, it's exciting times, because if anyone's listening out there with, like, a, a lot of power, just... Know, if anyone's listening, because yeah, I don't know if people... Like when, like, when you do listen to this, like, know that we're coming for you. But not in a so way... So Kobe Bryant? <laughs> Who else is, like, the big guys that are tuning yeah, in? like, um, I'm talking, like, big, big-timers. Like, I hope Any you're... Names? Because Conor McGregor was tuning into one of the ones previously. Raj did a shout out. Conor McGregor. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, who's gonna get the next shout out. I like Taylor Swift. Taylor I'm Swift. T- she's good. She yeah, she's got some good songs. <laughs> I might say. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a few good songs. Um, Taylor Swift. Does she get a shout out? I don't know. <laughs> Let me ponder on that. <laughs> but yeah, I feel we just we just need some like some legends. Who, who's your? Oh, I like this. I like with who. Have you got any legends? Have you had any legends or heroes in the past, future, now, in the future? Um, fuck! I was watching like yeah some documentaries about Muhammad Ali, and it's. He was like the champion of the world, and they tried to draft him to go to the war because they he was just making he was making a whole lot of noise at a time where he was making a whole lot of noise about like the system and just white people were scared because he was just coming in hot and um, he was drafted and he said like. The Viet Cong never did anything for me. Like, I'm, I'm now in this fight with the government, and they want me to go over and fight. No one's fighting for me. And he took a stand for something, and he lost like millions of dollars. He lost his title. He probably lost, you know, a lot of the respect from a lot of people. But he just like stuck to it, and then took it to the court and they overturned it and then he came back and he became the world champion he beat George Foreman and everyone thought he couldn't do it and it's just there's, there's something like there's something about a person on that level where 
you know, he's, he's may not be suited to be like a politician, but we need people like that. We need people like that rather than just people in suits that give us false smiles and will put their posters up on our front lawns. <laughs> sort of just give the us new poster isn't up out there yet. Oh man, ain't nobody gonna put a poster up on our front lawn. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying our own one though. Our one. Like the lemon. Yeah, we're doing fucking great. <laughs> no, it's interesting because I was listening to um, <laughs> another thing like about the history and it was talking about like the rise of the Persian Empire and how they were just on this just mission just to like take over the world and they were making their way out to Greece and Athens was a newly formed democracy it had been a democracy for 30 years before that it had been a dictatorship and so there was this one Greek uh, country at the time this Greek state that was like on the targets from the Persians and they were just like sending out emissaries to try and get the other Greeks to back them up. And they sent one to Athens and the guy like gave a good pitch and the Athenian like Senate or whatever that was a new democracy voted to send them troops and they sent like 30,000 troops to back them up. And so that dude was like feeling chuffed so he went over to the Spartans and they had a king. And so he... He goes to the king, he's like, can you help us? Blah, 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 you'll defeat these Persians, it'll be great, there'll be gold, there'll be silver, there'll be, like, cows, I guess. And so the Spartan king was like, let me think about it, and he did. And the guy came back to him and he's like, how long will this take? And the guy said, three months, and the Spartan dude was just like, fuck off, like, go away. And so the Athenians went and battled helping this Greek out and they just got rolled by the Persians and because of that the, they were now on the Persians' targets and like what the historian was saying was that this democratic system where all these people had a say ended up making this decision that had like really bad effects for their state and the Spartans who had one leader made a decision that ended up being beneficial so even that, we just have this this crazy, like, democratic system and we have these, like, so-called representatives, but do they really represent us? Like, well, that's the whole Henry Ford thing, too. If you just give the people what you want, you give them faster horses. Or, uh, and the, the, the New Zealand flag referendum is a classic example right. of how democracy can go bad. Because yeah. even... Like putting the whole like whether we need a new flag design. That was just pushed on us. But whether we even like say we we do need a new flag. To not have designers, it's like going in to to figure out the best way to operate on a heart. But why do to they do heart this? surgery and we don't have any people who actually do surgery. We just got people who have read a book for a day or. And then why do we choose? Why do they choose that to have a referendum about? Like, why don't we get to choose what we get to have a referendum about? You know, why is it this thing that pushes? What else? What should we have a referendum about? The um. Um, I would think a good thing to have a referendum about would be. Do we need a government? <laughs> 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 no, but I, I think the biggest thing is like, 
we forget, like, and the government forgets, like, you're representing the people. We oh, hate. John Key's, he's tuning in. He's tuning so in. So what's, what's and and John, I would say, like, like we put you in power, and uh, you know, we we pay for the government as yeah, as the people, you, as the people, but it, and it's gonna require the people and and us as communities coming together, even amongst our neighbors and having these kind of conversations, just to you know, like reestablish what what we as a people. Um, yeah, the kind of decisions and the way we want to lead our country. And and it's going to take, I think, the young people stepping up and being really bold. For me, the biggest thing is just, like, following your heart. And, like, yeah, we, we can get in our heads and, and sort of rationalise it all, but just come back to the very thing that brings you back into this, like, place every day, the thing that just beats in your chest, like, that will lead you on an incredible path. And, you know, the... The people that kind of inspire me are the ones that, yeah, like Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X, if we want to talk about, like, say, the American sort of history and people like Gandhi and and, uh, and even, like, yeah, the Buddha and, and Yeshua, like, these people that just, like, were bold in their truth and, and were themselves and were, were willing to die for the cause that they were on. And, and many of them have, you know, even... And it's just like, yeah, like. I reckon that's that fight, because I don't think John Key's necessarily a bad person, but that five chimp theory, like, he's around some bad chimps, I think, is a big issue too. Yeah, and then it's you guys. Be, like, tough. It's gonna be tough to, like, to. I mean, even just us trying to make kombucha is, is tough, you know. I can't even imagine how hard it would be to, yeah. to run a country, you know. But exactly. You know, we get too much, too caught up in like the industry and look at things from a short-term perspective, and even get too much, too caught up in ourselves when we're not connected to something bigger. Like you see all these great, these great people like that. Jace just mentioned they they all were connected to something bigger, and it doesn't have to be like a higher power. It can be. It doesn't have to be God and in a religious sense, but connecting to something beyond yourself can really get you to like live your life differently um, and come from a different place. I think that's just like kind of been dripped out of our our society where we're not we become too much into the material, too focused on that that we can't see. I can't feel. Can't feel beyond that. We don't know ourselves. We don't. Mm. That's a that's a huge thing, like knowing ourselves, because we we're told a lot. Of, we're told what to do. We're, so much of what we're told to do, and we think we have like the illusion of free choice. We think we can vote for this person, and it makes a difference. And people get so caught up in elections, but even seeing what's happening in America and people getting so so like crazed about this election like probably isn't going to make too much of a massive change I don't know who gets in I think the biggest thing is just kind of pulling down this like you know you do look at there is four four families that do own you know like the IMF and the World Bank and they can that have amassed most of the gold, you know? Like, where is most of the gold in the world? 
and it's it's um yeah and even the media companies and there's just a huge indoctrination of of our whole species um you know and and i think the biggest thing in terms of someone out there being like oh what does it mean to follow your heart is just kind of like you know coming back to what feels right and and your body will like as you get more in tune with that gives you the information you need and, and the food's important to clear out your system and to gain more clarity and spend more time in nature because you just get like guided to what you're meant to do you know we are like nature being nature we are creation being creation so like like let's drop the act and stop trying to control the world and realize we're just fucking it up and like come return home and like put your hands on the on the on your mother on the planet and realize that it gives you everything the body that you're in that look up at the sun and realize that that gives you all of the energy that run all the systems on the planet and just like humble humble ourselves and realize that we need to bring this place back into harmony to find harmony within ourselves and then to revisit this place like look at this place with ch- like a child's eyes realizing that like the older people don't know shit most of them yeah the elders some of them do but that like we've just like lost ourselves along this way and just come back to like family and some good values come back to love and like yeah like loving ourselves loving our neighbors like looking after our kids like letting them be their authentic selves have you got some kids i got like i got so many kids all across the world. <laughs> I almost six and a half. Spreading, they just spreading seven, the love. Seven billion children. I would like to all of you, our children, including myself. We're all children in this place, and like I love you all, and we're all one. Like you tie back all the family trees. That'll tell you the truth. Go back to the Fibonacci sequence. J Daddy. J Daddy Beth. Oh, that's the that's a bit of the truth. There might have to start to wrap it wrap it up with. Um, Man, I was just thinking of heroes, though local ones. You know, we're dro- dropping some name bombs globally, but the and historically. But that Machu, for you guys, for you guys, for me, Machu comes to mind. Franco, um, and I'm not saying these are perfect people because uh, man, yeah, I'm as flawed as anyone. But they're they're doing it. They're doing it, and and the way Machu, I remember seeing him sing on stage. And like do his Maori, what do you do? What they do? The hands, the kapa, uh, kapawera? No, I mean um, kind of the kapa haka kind of style thing. Yeah. And just the way he did it, and his presence, and his lyrics, and uh, and everything, I was like, shit. He's, I mean, he's just a human being, but uh, the way he's delivering that message and song is um, is powerful. Yeah, this is a musician's day, Xavier Rudd, Trevor Hall. Oh, Xavier. Yeah, spirit, but well done, Xavier. You're doing good shit, man. Oh, he'll be tuning in. Yeah, certainly. First press. What's the... Spirit bird's a good one. Yes. Um, so final... Uh, final final words. What are we covered? We kind of... Kind of... And then I wonder, though, because I did that bit of a hash cookie trip and had a realisation that's all perfect too yeah. that those necessary there's not good or bad but everything kind of balances out like I feel like there's more of this uprising because there's probably more negativity we see and so we're trying to balance it out a bit and come and we're just at the other scale maybe yeah I think I think what you were saying I had like an experience today with a woman and 
she did sort of say like, yeah, she said like everything's perfect when you come back to kind of your center. But that, that concept can be a bit like iffy and a bit, but it's more so like not getting caught up in all of this like in, in our heads and all this drama that's going on in our lives. Like we have this peace, peace inside of us that we, we always have access to and that we can carry around with us. And I don't know, like, yeah, you, in one of Xavier's songs he says like, you know, when when the world gets too crazy, just go go stand under under the stars and under the moon and like down by the river and like realize not how insignificant you are, but just yeah, like your life can be taken in an instant and like feel the the sun on your face and the wind hitting you and what it feels like to have the um yeah, your feet touching the earth and I don't know, like we just get we're just getting caught up in the stupidest shit and. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, chia seeds and and I like that piece. The because I feel like you can stand up for what you believe in, what you know is true, but not be judgmental. Mm-hmm. And that's when I feel like I'm at my best. When I start judging, I'm like, whoa, I've dipped down into the lower chakras again. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah, I mean, in Asia, I with this beautiful quote that was just basically saying like. We've de- like in the West in particular, we've like really developed the mind and the intellect, but we haven't developed the heart as much and that compassion. And when I was a little little kid, like I used to, like it, like I knew that I was in this place in this world, and I, I had no idea what I was like really like what this whole thing was. And I looked up at the older people, and I I was like they must know. And now I'm 28 this year, and I'm like shit. Like no one really knows what's going on, but. I'm like I have incredible compassion for everyone and, and myself that it's like that it's all good and that we're just you know everything that we're going through is just processing I don't know a whole lot of trauma that we've been through in the last few thousand years and just like yeah hopefully we can just all one day just like in a way stand in a circle holding hands like not like just like what I'm saying is come back to as a community and, and like bring this place back do you feel the a bit like the Matrix movie. Hard. Um, that if it's too perfect, we kind of fight. If it's too, I know, idealistic perfectness, that's why I think it's perfect as it is. It's just yeah. we're not realising it. Because if we're trying to create a perfect system, the very fact that we're trying to create a perfect system, it's not perfect. It's kind of... But we're so hard on ourselves, you know, like... Yeah, we just don't have enough love for ourselves, you know, and and, uh, and so many judgments about ourselves and what we do right and what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, we all make mistakes and it's just like, just go out and be yourself and you know you're going to make mistakes. But, yeah, like... Remember one of the, like, the most peaceful feelings I've got was um, a couple of years ago where... I was going through a bit of a time where there's a lot of like uncertainty and self doubt, and I remember just like walking out, and I was like looking over the waters, and I just felt that like, and I see it's just the insignificance of my, of my life, because I was just kind of so stuck in like, what am I going to do about this, blah blah blah, just sort of my mind festering away and what I came to was just like the, the best I could do in life was just to be like a good a good person I could be a good son 
a good brother, a good friend. I could make people feel good, and that was it. It didn't matter what I did. And so I feel, I try to like connect to that, but there's so much good that you can do for yourself and others by putting yourself or allowing yourself to kind of step back from your identity in a sense, you know, the story that you have about yourself and what you what you feel you need to do or what other people say you need to do and all these things just to step out of it for a for a bit of time and just listen and see what comes through and it's like yeah we do judge ourselves and there's just that simple saying that only God can judge and like whether you believe in God or not that is you know the the essence of it is that only like this just a supreme almighty being can can judge and <laughs> unless you're unless you're kind of unless you're the the big the big cheese upstairs then yeah don't be so quick to judge yourself or others or anything really just just try to observe it and see how it feels you either resonate with it with it or you won't and it's it's all good. It's all perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. And that reminds me of like Ramdas talking about Maharaji knowing everything he could think in his mind. So this Ramdas spiritual guy, his guru, he'd go to see his guru and his guru would say something that he'd been thinking that he hadn't said to anyone. Like we've got this idea that we can escape real life into our mind and think something and no one knows, but we know. We know what we've thought, like whether it's a good or a bad thought. We know we've thought it, and uh, and it affects us. It's like trying to steal something, and no one else knows, but you know, yeah. and it ruins everything. Like your thoughts, the power of the word, and I think this idea of trying to escape the mind, or escape into your mind, like intellectualize things and rationalize things, is just. It's flawed on an energy system. I've I've tried it before. Like there was a like I had one. I had too many of your Raj's chips out of that burger field box, and oh well, on the way over. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I was wondering. Oh, like, uh, like burger field. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You guys were doing kitty sizes. Um, and like for me, just even having that half thought and not like fully explaining. Like, trying to milk my way around it, like, ah, oh, yeah. Like, I'm just, like, killing myself slowly, uh, trying to I get it. I, yeah, no, I need to take, right. like, a dollar off. Uh, um, you know, these, these corners we cut, and energetically, and this guy, I had this movement retreat in the weekend, and there's this character, Glenn, who is, if you're listening, Glenn, you're a legend, because he, so I had this movement retreat, and it was all, like, girls and friends I knew and you know and and but I put the ad advertisements out kind of to the public so it was like anyone could turn up and it's at a family's kind of friend house and and this random guy turns up who's a bit older and he looks a bit like hippie-ish and just kind of fills a few stereotypes I'm like how's this going to work and like one stranger amongst kind of people who know each other kind of thing and he and he just turned out to be the biggest legend. And 
Oh, I'm going to share a story. But anyway, he's talking about being on magic mushrooms one time, and this he had this injury, and he could see this like lizard eating out of his shoulder, pretty much, kind of thing, like energetically, just eating away at him. And I just, I was like, that is, it was so profound to me. I'm like, if you were really tapped in, like Vipassana meditation or whatever, and seeing the energy of the body and where it's leaking and where you're being, these half thoughts that yogis call them sanskaras, this is all like nothing new, but where this energy is being wasted and consumed and even in the subconscious and just behind behind your daily mask of I'm okay, I'm perfect, there's all this crap wearing you down. And Ramdas had this retreat and he where everyone had to say everything they were thinking before they even got started. And it was like everyone had the same sexual perversions, the same awful thoughts, this like you're nothing new. And to share those openly, I haven't done it myself, but it must be such a freeing yeah. experience like you're not trying to hold on to anything anymore and you realise everyone knows anyway mm. I had something similar to, to Glenn actually one time I did magic mushrooms where like I'd taken them and this was just the first 10 or 15 minutes in and I just I was looking at myself in the mirror and I looked like a frog <laughs> <laughs> Is no, it? this like kind of freaked the shit out of me, and and at the same time, while I was like, while I was looking at myself in the mirror and seeing myself as a frog, I like saw <laughs> all my like weaknesses and all my flaws and like just everything that that's, I guess, bad about me, and I look like a frog, and I remember just writing down on a bit of paper, I don't know how to live life. <laughs> And I was like, oh shit, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> but it ended up being, I ended up having the best day ever. Like that lasted for like 15 minutes. And you get to hang out with Kermit, get a lily, yeah, lily ponds. And, and and frog's cool. actually pretty cool. So, frogs. Yeah. That's, yeah. Overall, like what I feel like, uh, you know, even in this business stuff, like, I, yeah, yeah, not to take it too seriously. Is something that we're kind of bringing back in, and you know, you just remember back at school, and I, I know not everyone had great times at school, but for me with my friends, like it was fun because you just like, I don't know, you maybe those times you were taking the piss, but there was just like a lot of lightheartedness. You'd share what was kind <laughs> of always taking. <laughs> yeah, like you know, and and if if we're walking around and we're carrying these baggages of like this heaviness of these heavy emotions, to to feel like it's okay to um to feel those and, and to allow them to be, but then as well just um, to let them move through you and to like express them, you know, sometimes like I've been in times where I've just like had to like yell at the top of my lungs or like, yeah, just to release these things and come back to, I don't know, feeling light and happy and joyful because I don't know, this experience in this life should be um, filled with a lot of joy and obviously there's a lot of sadness too, but yeah, like it's like what we were talking about before, where we've got to we're living in that paradox. How like yeah, we've got all this stuff. We got to like do all this grind and stuff. We've got to pay taxes and pay bills and get this from this place to this place in this time. And 
but at the same time we're on this planet and our it's it's for such a short time and we've kind of had these experiences through you know psychedelics and, and meditation and, and yoga and just even just being by ourselves for a bunch of time where you you get the sense or you have this experience that there's something eternal about us something far beyond anything that we can we can measure or even comprehend and so trying to you're almost trying to live in these two places and, and stay connected to both and, and try to bring you know um, bring good from one part to another and and you can get too serious if you're spending all your time and and just all this business stuff and all the worldly stuff but then you can also get lost if you're spending all your time in the other place in the in the divine or these other realms so we've just been trying to navigate both these spaces and yeah we've had some interesting some interesting results yeah maybe that's a part two but some good like yes good learnings I think that's a good place to end end it because I need to use the bathroom and I've got a um I got a bit of a reality check at a teacher class in the morning, and that's kind of there's a nine thirty. But I've got to go. I've got to be up earlier because I want to avoid the traffic. Go to the six thirty or seven a.m. one, so it's going to be a skip and sleep. But there's a beauty to doing the the daily, like doing the dishes well. I always love doing the when I'm skipping on those chores, man. It affects you spiritually too. There's nothing, uh, it's like there's no thought, there's no stone unturned in the life of, the life of us. It's all there. Every thought, every thing has an energy, a uh, karma. Much love. Yeah, Much peace. love. Peace. Yeah, peace. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om. Well, what's the time? 1242. That was a real treat, the wisdom from the guys. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to keep the outro short. i got to go. Lululemon meeting. Got to jump in the water before that. Prime myself. Throw some kettlebell around. A couple other things. I'm going to try and maybe do a fast or two before I go to Sydney because I'll probably eat like a king. And, um, and uh, yeah, we'll get some... Uh, Hopefully, I'll smash the podcast once I'm back from Tony Robbins. Even doing maybe a Tony Robbins a uh, little update for you because I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of my heroes this year. And um, I was listening to an amazing podcast, the latest Tim Ferriss one, with Cal um, on heroes, particularly Muhammad Ali, and how we're missing those or we're just missing the connection to some of them. We, we, we kind of get lost in the ether, this information superhighway we live in, and it's hard to find these heroes sometimes. So, uh, I've been lucky enough to meet Wim Hof 
Ida Portel, spent some time with those guys, and now the Tony Robbins, and then just the everyday heroes in your life, you know, mum, dad, uh, Jace, Raj, all the people I like to gather around with, just taking a second to kind of sit down and be like, these, these guys are cool guys, really appreciate them in my life, so hopefully I'll have some few insights from Tony to help you unleash the power, and um, hopefully enjoy the podcast. As always, share. Here's Franco uh, to take us out. Lots of love. Hope to hear from you, speak to you, do something with you all soon. Think less, experience more, and do more trouble gathering songs, all that other stuff too. Or don't. Time. When you need to do it, that's when you do it. I find the snake doesn't shed its skin before or after it does when it does. Maybe I should come with a bit of metaphor on that. The avocado doesn't fall off the tree before it needs to, unless you pluck it prematurely, but then you've got to wait. It's not worth it. It's not worth the wait, man. Just let it happen when it happens. Lots of love. Au revoir. Trust without fear.